People like games. What's up, people? Welcome back to Field of View. I'm Solo. I'm Simo. And you know how we do it here. We talk a little bit of business strategy and gaming. For this week's episode, got an interesting topic. If you saw the episode title, Nintendo's limited time sales strategy. So to give you a little background, uh, in June of this past year, Nintendo released a game called Super Mario 3DS All-Stars, which included Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy, which are three retro versions of the game, in a singular game for the anniversary of the uh, series. Now, when that came out, they said the entirety of the game, physical editions and digital, would stop being sold in March. We are in March, and the Japanese Nintendo account just tweeted, hey, be sure to buy these games by the 31st because they'll no longer be in production. So now I want to ask you, Zemo, what do you feel about the idea of Nintendo sticking to an actual limited time frame for not only the physical production and sales, but the removing it from the digital eShop so you can no longer purchase it on the eShop as well? I, I personally think it's brilliant. I mean look across any industry and artificial scarcity is the main thing that's driving so much revenue and sales. I mean, the sneaker industry is the easiest place to go. You could very easily produce more than enough sneakers for everyone to purchase for Yeezys or for special Jordans. The UNC ones came out over the weekend and I took an L on like five different websites. And so for that model to now be applying into the gaming realm, even though they're saying that they don't plan on using this much and it was different because it was a 35th anniversary and all those things. I think it's the spark of something that will continue to happen more in the gaming industry to create FOMO and to create this artificial scarcity, basically. 100%. I, I, I agree because I think it, it really incentivizes a purchase. So in addition, I don't know if you're familiar, you don't play Switch too often, but if you go to the Switch eShop and you go to sales, all of the games that have sales on them, they have like a little marker of how much time's left. And so Dude, it'll really? be like, yeah, so it'll be like seven days to get it at this price. Even on the last day, it's a counting clock. So you'll see the hour, be like 10 hours to get this price, right? Yeah. The fact is that those sale prices come back in two, three weeks, which is a funny thing, right? I saw like this one piece game, it was 10 bucks, didn't buy it. Couple of weeks later, ten dollars. Ten bucks again. Limited time. Limited time. Seven days only. So every every random drop moment, you get oh, 72 hours only. It's on sale. Yeah. And then it's got boop back to regular price. And so, in, do you think the actual imposition of the timeline to purchase it ends up hurting sales that otherwise could exist, or do you think? pushing it into a tighter window that's actually defined instead of saying, if we just keep this out there over time, we'll get X amount of sales. Is there too much digital content that now it's sort of like, I think it's a cool strategy for games that are also a little bit older. The ones that you don't think about wanting to buy anymore that go on to bestseller lists, God of War, Spider-Man, Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima is still new, but you know, the games that have just sort of been sitting on the shelf if they said we're taking, I know the Disney vault does something like this, right? They, uh, from, from what I understand, or it used to be this way, Disney has this set up for the old movies, like the lion King and all those movies that they would only sell 
the physical copies for a period of time, and then they would put them back into the vault. And once they were in the vault, you didn't know when they would come back out. So every single time they dropped, people ran and purchased these really old movies because they didn't know when they'd be able to purchase them again. And so I could see something like that coming. 100%. And I think that, I think it's a great strategy. It would be Nintendo. Uh, it's very curious. Yeah, it would be Nintendo. But they rolled up their mobile division. And so they're not really releasing primary mobile games. I'm surprised a strategy like this isn't something they had tried over on mobile first instead of bringing it directly over. And do you think the success of this potentially makes them feel they have found a business model for their mobile because they had a shit mobile strategy before. You know, I'm, I'm honestly curious what you think because their mobile strategy is something that you've been assessing and looking at and analyzing for quite some time. So what do you think about that? I think so. For, firstly, Nintendo's mobile strategy has been now that the Nintendo Switch is fully mobile, they don't need the 3DS and the, the handheld version. So they're cutting the handheld off. So before where you had a console and a handheld, which was two distinct revenue lines, by cutting it, merging two into one, you sort of like Apple killing the iPod with the iPhone, right? By adding in this mm -hmm. other feature on the phone. But now by nature of integrating those, mobile was supposed to take the place of handheld. So you yeah. did still have a second vertical in the same way you had it with the handheld and the console but just mm -hmm. through mobile. Um, they first tried with Super Mario Run, if anybody remembers that, to say, hey, this is a flat fee, pay $10, and there's no DLC, nothing, just flat fee, and that's it. No one bought it. No one okay. gave a shit, right? They avoided doing the whole loot box system and the whole, or the whole uh, free-to-play, you know, microtransaction system. They were trying to give you the Nintendo experience of buy it at this price, it'll never change, and mm -hmm. you might get the sale on it eventually. Uh, and then I think the failure of Mario Kart ended up changing everything for them uh, because they tried integrating a subscription model and it just never worked. And so my question for this would be to create, would Nintendo be willing to port what they're doing to mobile versions, right? And so if you could take some of the Game Boy games that you're not going to remaster, say like a Pokemon and bring it there, if you could simplify it by giving it to somebody to make a mobile port of, would you create a little Nintendo online for mobile so that people can get those games in a singular place and you can have the same sales strategy? I think so. I think it would be smart for them to push into it in that manner. It's mm -hmm. genius because as you said, FOMO, it incentivizes a purchase because if you don't buy it digitally, you're in the hands of the secondary market. Like no one wants mm -hmm. to be at, look at the place here. No one wants to be at the hands of the fucking secondary market. They're ruthless. So yeah. if you don't get this physical copy and you want to get the game, well, it literally doesn't exist anymore. And in a sea of saturated market, especially gaming now is getting popular. You know, it's going to saturate uh, in terms of popular titles, et cetera. You're best off taking your money in quick grabs. Uh, yeah. especially as you said, perfectly older games, uh, which is like, yo, we could get a good lump sum on this. We're just pushing it for a year and nothing lost and a lot of marketing gain, a lot of yeah. new players that brought yeah. on, et cetera. Um, imagine, uh, you've been telling me play God of War forever, right? Mm. I played it a little bit. I haven't since I downloaded it again. I haven't played it, but let's say two weeks from now, they said, we're taking God of War off the PlayStation store. 
and we're not selling the physical copy anymore and we'll probably re-release it, but we don't know when. Yeah. You can right. be sure that a bunch of people like myself would sprint to go get it just so we wouldn't be without it when time would come. So it's a business strategy that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Nintendo, I like to see Nintendo trying new things, uh, in that manner. I think they're staying away from mobile for a while. Um, so because... honestly, I think that they're staying away from mobile and I could be wrong about why, but my why is the Tim Sweeney fight. I think that Nintendo doesn't like the idea probably of having to pay 30% of all of their profits out to Apple and then paying and taxes on top of it. Yeah, like they're you know, they're that is pretty pretty pretty. That's probably it. And you're you're right. There, there's no other question to me. That's it. The fact that they're gonna wait this out for that model to be broken before they start putting in time yeah, and effort like, to have some. They don't like. They don't even put their games on fucking sale. Yo, after taxes are paid and Apple tax is paid, you lose almost forty percent of your profits. Forty percent's a yeah. Apple takes 30% and then whatever the the sales tax in the state of where the company is registered or however that works, right? Like, so say 6%, 5%, 7%, 8%. We Here in New York, we have close to 9%. So they'd be losing somewhere between 35 and 40% of every dollar that they make in profit on the iOS or Android store as opposed to less than a third of that when they sell it on their own platforms consolidating to their own market yeah instead and a place and a place that people already sales mm -hmm. that's that would be my assumption as to why and I'm i know that, with that they started a, a small business thing for apple where you only pay 15 percent to them instead of 30 but i think after mm -hmm. you've made a million dollars it doesn't apply to you anymore yeah like, i mean in this nintendo they had games that started pumping out money when they went free to play but now that you've mentioned it for them to look at that and say hey i'm losing so much money on this i don't feel like this is worth it i'm just going to reinvest it into the switch yeah. and now yeah. when mobile opens up it's not like nintendo needs to do fucking audience just, fucking just needs to drop it they could put the old Pokemon games as an emulator Insane. game for $2.99, right? Like, but they would never if they have to give up 50% of every dollar, but they would sell on that. And that's and that's exactly it. And it's a strategy they you can take here, on. Folks, that is definitively it. We just Joe Biden this situation why Nintendo doesn't do mobile. It's been my it's been my thesis for some time now. I like that one. Shit. Yeah. That's the perfect way to end it, folks. You yeah. heard it here. That, yeah. That I'm, I'm curious to see though, and especially with this strategy, they're going to do it again when it comes to all these Zelda games with the Pokemon anniversary, Zelda anniversary. They got a run of anniversaries. They're going to keep the system running. Mobile, definitely. Zemo, Zemo So when you see the Epic Games lawsuit settled with Apple and Google Play, within the year you'll see Nintendo arrive on mobile. I definitely think so. That's 100. All right, we're just putting this on record for posterity, so we can say we told always, you always. Always, always. All right, folks, we're out. We'll be back potentially later in the week with the second episode. Potentially following week might have not an episode, maybe an episode. Zemo is on the travels, so we'll see. I might just pull up solo and talk about nothing of relevancy, but we'll find out. Uh, 
Uh, And anyway, be sure to take a listen to our interview with Francis Suarez, the mayor of Miami, on the YouTube podcast channels, etc. Always, as always, brought to you by People Like Games. Okay, we'll be back. Peace. Take care. Peace.